Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I'm Kate Jinks. And I'm Brody Lancaster. And we're back, baby. We're back, baby. Same room, same time zone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this week we're talking about, you know, our time apart from each other, how hard that was, (laughs) but also about the housewives. And Khan and the housewives that went to Khan. (laughs) And also about all the TV shows that we can and can't keep up with. I can't keep up with them. Beale can keep up with some of them. Some of them. Some of them I can't be bothered with. And of course, offer up some also also's. Beale, we're back. We're back. Let's get into it, baby. Biel, it is so nice to be back in a room with you. It's so looking at you. It's so nice. It's so good. <laughs> I arrived tonight to do this podcast and there were fresh flowers everywhere. Biel, your home is a treasure. Thank you. I had just done I thought I was maybe like running very hot. I could feel my face warming up as you were getting closer. <laughs> because I was like Doing the dishes, frying off a batch of falafel that I'm going to send you home with. Uh, vacuum, mop. Got to clean my vacuum cleaner tomorrow. Have you ever cleaned the inside of a vacuum cleaner? No. What kind of vacuum cleaner do you have though? You're supposed that to needs be, it. You're supposed to be cleaning your vacuum cleaner. Yeah. All right. Anyway, TikTok again has taught me all the things that I'm doing wrong in my life. But thank you. I all that is to say thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you noticing. Well, yeah, it's nice to be back after a couple of weeks off. Like. I don't know. See, also has become such a large part of my life in like, what, 10 episodes? I know that like a month or less of us not doing this together, it felt like I was missing a limb. Yeah. Um, And how are you feeling post-COVID? You've tested an egg, you've gone out into the world. Oh, I've been out in the world. A little bit, not not a crazy amount. That'll come this weekend. But um, yep, testing an egg and don't want to sound like a total cunt, but... I feel better than I did before having COVID. You're pro-COVID. I'm not pro-COVID. I'm just saying that 
I, I maybe it's all the resting. Yeah, it, right. You know, everyone everyone told me all I had to do for that week was nothing, and I tried little bits and pieces of like tidying up. Hence the obsession with cleaning my vacuum cleaner. Um, I had a list running of just like little jobs to do around the apartment or little tasks, little writing jobs I wanted to pick up while I had kind of a free runway of like 10 days at home alone. And I came out of it with like, you know, I, I feel like my lung capacity has improved. I'm also not smoking. I have barely smoked in the last month. Oh, hey, well done. Thank you. So um, that's great. I think that's maybe contributing it, but I'm giving COVID all the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so knowing that I have a couple of months of immunity under my sleeve belt. Mm. It's very survivor of you. Yeah. I've You've got, got the a, immunity I, necklace. I've got the immunity necklace. So I'm going to go to Melbourne's new winter arts festival. <laughs> <laughs> how about you? How are you, how are you adjusting to life in the Southern hemisphere again? It's been a lot to come back to. I was, you know, having, Dinner on the beach a couple of nights ago and I come back to Melbourne and it's fucking freezing. We're literally in the eye of a polar vortex and it is going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Like I was walking my dog today who was wearing a puffer jacket. Thank you, Rosie, for buying the puffer jacket while I was away. (laughs) And this woman looked at me and she said really judgmentally, it's a bit cold. And I was like, what do you want me to do? Not walk my dog? I Like he's got a jacket on and he's... animal covered in fur he's covered in like wool he's but, basically yeah. a little sheep but like that's that's the like where we're at with the cold right now yeah yeah, yeah. that it's animal cruelty to take a dog <laughs> for a walk i bought him a new jacket this morning oh. it's fine i did get him that tuxedo in Khan. i don't know that that would keep him particularly warm but he'll that's be feeling for, good that's for special occasions oh absolutely i also bought him a little sailor suit because i couldn't help myself I saw the sailor suit it's a bit disgusting it's fleet week baby it's <laughs> and I bought Carol a little something while I was away. Carol is wearing her new little French uh, collar. I couldn't not. Mm, well, how do you say cat in French? Chat. Le chat. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, she's looking cute. She's looking so French. She's so French. She's so chic. cute. The yeah. town, the regional Queensland town that I grew up in had a cafe called Le Chat, oh God. which was the fancy place to go and get a cappuccino. <laughs> oh, I love a fancy like country cafe. The best one ever is, it wasn't so fancy and I didn't go in, I have to say, but <laughs> there's one in, and this isn't a story entirely for uh, Samuel Hodge, but we were in his hometown of Glen Innes once and walked past the local cafe, which is called The Coffee Incident. And I, and, oh, no. I know, and I said to him, what's The Coffee Incident? And he said, without skipping a beat, I'm not ready to talk about it. <laughs> it's been 40 years. <laughs> the town has never recovered. Yeah. There's a cafe down on um, in Mount Martha, a beautiful little part of... I was about to say Melbourne, but not really. A beach outside Melbourne. And my friend and yours, Nadia, spent a lot of her childhood there. And there was a cafe there called Gossips or Rumours or something Mm. like that. And there was a mural on the wall and it was women who were like had their hands up and they were like looking at each other and like talking behind their hands. And the the running joke was that um, you would say, oh, have you been to Gossips? And someone would say, no, but I heard it's very good. Ah, <laughs> I like it. Me too. Yeah. What else have you been up to now that you're free? Free out of my apartment. What have I been up to? Listeners will be glad to know. Sorry if TMI, but I did start seeing a new therapist. Have I that's mentioned- not TMI. That's like literally what we talk about every podcast. I know it's kind of closure for the um, <laughs> <laughs> me describing my old therapist who did not remember anything I said to her. What and did she say again when you were like, "I need to change the date," and she was like, "Fine or she sure?" She said, "Sure," oh. with no full stop, no, no. nothing. She no. sent me one word, and I think it's the last word we'll ever exchange. She. Like, I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast, but the last session we had, we were doing Zoom sessions. The last one, I could see that in the reflection of her glasses, she was like looking at stuff on her computer while I was like crying about my feelings. (laughs) That is no good. Anyway, I've started seeing a new one now. She's more attentive, but yesterday she was 25 minutes late. So I just don't know if I can have it all. You know, can I get a therapist who is on time and also listens to me? 
What was she like after she arrived? Oh, she's so attentive and like really she was very apologetic, but also not in like a self-flagellating way, which really told me that she had her shit together. Because if that was me, I would have been like, I'm a fucking piece of shit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll make it up to you. You know, she was like, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize that um, it had got so late and I was having technical issues. I was like, damn. All right. Bitch, you've got your shit together. Okay. So anyway, it made me trust her more. Anyway. That's good. um, I've read a few books being shut in my apartment. I kind of darkly coincidentally read this book called The Shut-Ins, which is, (laughs) it was recommended to me last year by Jacqueline Krupe at Hill of Content, an incredible bookshop in Melbourne. Jacqueline is like one of our city's greatest booksellers and offers perfect recommendations, I'm going to say. And last year when the Sally Rooney, Beautiful World, Where Are You hype was like peaking, Mm -hmm. um, she said something to the effect of when you're coming in to pick up your pre-order, try reading an Australian fiction book as well. And so I asked her for some recommendations. So she gave me kind of Sally Rooney adjacent or like tonally similar books. And I have now read all three of them. One of them was New Animal by Ella Baxter. Another one was this book called Nostalgia Has Ruined My Life, which I think I talked about on an episode, one of our early episodes. And this was the final one. It's called The Shut-Ins by Catherine Braben or Braben. She's a Melbourne-based author. It's her second book. And it's fascinating. And I haven't stopped thinking about it since I finished it about a week ago. It's about this phenomenon in Japan called hikikomori or people who identify or are called hikikomori who are kind of almost like agoraphobic by choice. Like they've opted out of social society and leaving their apartments. They're sometimes described as being homeless in their own homes. And it's often young men. They're typified as like guys on the computer who don't want to go out and engage in the real world. But this book kind of paints a bit more of a sympathetic portrait of this division between like the side of the world that everyone else is on and the side of the world that these people feel like they're on. It's an incredible novel and I really... um it's really dark and it's not very uh, hopeful or optimistic, but I really, really enjoyed it. That sounds great. So that is what I have been up to. The shut-ins and being a shut-in. The shut-ins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so BL, I think that while I've been away, my stories sound kind of exciting, I guess, but I think you have something that we need to talk about. Well, all the mention of Top Chef is his, in his puffer jacket. I uh-huh. was... I, I fight the urge to interrupt and be like, same, I saw a dog in a, in a coat last week too because I went, uh, I saw a little, a famous little Italian greyhound called Mr. Figaro. Oh, I know Mr. Fig. Wearing a quilted coat as he trotted around the floors of the Mulvan mansion where Lydia Scavello, she of, formerly of the Real Housewives of Melbourne, Lives, works, plays, and hosts, I'm going to say it, $350 a head cooking. Jesus Christ! Demonstration slash dinners. Oh, that's a lot. Kate, Worth it? I'm sure. I'd fucking go again. <laughs> I, if, it, I, I mean, I can't even articulate how much every single fan of The Real Housewives of Melbourne who takes like a real sick, demented pleasure <laughs> in watching these like... <laughs> nightmare women interact how much you get out of a night at Lydia's house you pay to be there from 6 30 to 8 30 we left at 10 30 <laughs> Lydia fucking loved us it was incredible she is so forthcoming with stories from the show and from behind the scenes of the show but they've all been passed through the Lydia filter you mm-hmm. know which is I mean, she kind of has no filter, but she also sees things, obviously, from her very specific perspective. She would fire off not just her own catchphrases, but other people's. So she would do like Petty Fleur's voice oh. and just say, who begs to differ? Um, <laughs> and she <laughs> she has her own, which is wow. Wow. I kept saying wow genuinely, which is I didn't realize 
the things I say. That's her thing, Bill. I know. The things that I say when I am impressed or interested in something, I say wow and I say gorge. Mm -hmm. I said those two words 5,000 times that (laughs) night. I took so many photos of and with Lydia, with Mr. Fig, who came down for a cameo. She fed him crocodile for dinner and he did not eat a single fucking bite, not interested. You know, I smelled the candle that was burning in her downstairs toilet. I met Andrew. We met Andrew when <gasps> Andrew. we walked in. Andrew asked, if, asked us if we were working hybrid or if we were back in the office because he runs a business and he wants everyone back in the office. Of course he does. We learned how they felt about the election and about Daniel oh, Andrews. No. I'm not going to say it on the podcast. Oh, no. They have a QR code up at the front of their house because you're checking into In Lydia's Kitchen, her business, where she serves you food around her kitchen island bench. I mean, it was... Yeah, what was the food like? Okay, so the entree was genuinely really delicious. Um, And then... What was it, though? It was like a... She kept saying... In like an Italian accent because it was a cucumber, uh, not cucumber, a, chick, a chickpea how based. How you say? How you say chickpea? A chickpea based like kind of brothy dish and some just bread for dunking and genuinely really good. It was like stirred through with fennel. I have gone and bought some fennel so I can try to recreate it because it was really yummy for winter. And she did say that her dad like scavenged the fennel or brought it from his garden, which I loved. But then she said something about like, he lives near the train tracks in Taylor's lakes. And I just had this image of like wild fennel growing (laughs) next to the train tracks. Oh, when we got there, we were a little bit late and we were like brought to the sitting room, which you've seen on the show. It's black. There's a fire burning. There's books stacked up on their sides. Like, Mm. I don't know. I would put shelves in between. Um, (laughs) But we were sat down and brought champagne. Lydia hadn't appeared yet. And we were like 15 minutes late because traffic was really bad going from Northcote to Malvern. Not, um, a, not mm-hmm. a route I normally take. And when we got there, we said like, um, I went with my friends Nevena and Daniel. And we said, oh, sorry, we're late. We've come from the north side. Andrew said, what's that? What? <laughs> and then, and then uh, Lydia appeared. We all were introduced. She kept calling me Brie. And then um, she said, we've got a vegetarian. And Daniel said, yes, I'm the vegetarian. And she said, but you eat fish. And he said, <laughs> no, I don't eat fish. <laughs> He thought she was joking. We, the rest of us, knew that she absolutely had planned a fish-based Wow, she's never heard pescatarian. Meal. Never in her life. Um, so anyway, she improvised. She had some um, she had some parmesan eggplant um, that we all got a little taste of as well. It was really great. She, at like two hours in, like cheered us all, like um, clinked our wine glasses. The wine was really good. P.S. Clinked our wine glasses and as we were saying cheers and she's cheersing everyone, she went, you know who else I hate? <laughs> so it was just... Truly incredible. She kept saying, go suck on your own head, which was something that, that, you know, she reshared all our photos um, that we had tagged her in and not tagged her in the next day to her Instagram story. Beautiful. And on mine, she said, like, love laughing with at Brodie Lancaster. (laughs) And in another one, she said, like, fun on the 71th floor. So Mm. she's like, she knows her fucking hits. Yeah, of course she does. Yeah. She did say that she wanted us to come back and if it had been a Thursday or Friday night, she would have pulled a deck of cards out so that we could stay later. Like tarot or? No, Kate. Like like poker or something. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cool. Yeah, I need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. There aren't witches in Malvern. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Oh, wow. Well, that's great. It was. So worth every penny. Worth every penny. She genuinely seemed like she wanted to hang out with us again. At the Louvre in London? At the Louvre in London. (laughs) That sounds fun. It was really fucking fun. And I think... I think we're going to hang out again and I just really hope that we don't. <laughs> Sorry, Mia, that's so funny. Sorry. <clears throat> of she, course you are. Yeah. she. I told her about so Rooftop Bar in Melbourne. She'd never heard of it. It was mm. on the show. But she'd still never heard of it. When they renovated a few years ago and I used to do some work for them, Grant, shout out, who's the manager of Rooftop Bar, also has a little Italian greyhound and named a cocktail on the menu the Mr. Fig after Lydia's dog. I told her this that night. She was genuinely so excited. She said, you've got to take me. (laughs) And the next day, followed up, DM, we've got to go to the rooftop bar to have a Mr. Fig cocktail. So we've got to do it. And I just really hope that we don't get an invoice 
<laughs> I can't afford. I can't afford no. to pay every time I hang out with Lydia. No, but I want to keep hanging out with Lydia. Hey, I've got some housewives news as well. Oh yeah, remember how I said that I didn't think that the housewives had ever had a holiday in Khan? Yes. Well. Friend of the pod, Mish, she got in touch to say, yeah, Real Housewives of Potomac went there. <gasps> oh, my God, they did. But I didn't remember it because it was not a great episode, I think, or a series of episodes. It was like Karen was Karen working had a on fringe. her perfume. Karen had a fringe in Cannes. Who's the one who was up on the assault charges? Monica. Monica. Monique. Monique. She was developing that essential oils line, so they went oh to boy. that perfumery. Yes. Mm. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. I remember now. Yeah. I just remember Khan for the, I mean, I didn't remember this as well. Thank you, Mish, for reminding us. I'm now remembering that Khan was where Ashley was really on a tear with Karen mm. and described her as like budget Tina Knowles. <gasps> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And she had her horrible like Auburn fringe mm. at that time. I miss those women, but not enough to keep watching that. Oh, show. Potomac is a must watch for me. I have loved it until I kind of gave up a little mm. bit through last season. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Potomac has one of the worst Australian white males ever to be seen on screen. Michael Adarby. What if I told you that he and Ashley are splitting up and we're going to see it on TV? Well, thank fuck, because he is a disgusting human. He's he horrifying. He Foul. It's disgusting. He's repulsive. Like foul, foul, foul. Worse than Brock on Vanderpump Rules. Oh, worse than Brock and worse than Simon Van Kempen on Real Housewives of New York. Oh my God, we really have had some iconic Australian men. They're the worst. On the Housewives. Simon isn't the worst. Remember Simon's not the Simon worst. and Jill became friends. But yeah, Ash, Michael Darby is the fucking worst. Ashley really, remember when there was a conversation around there, um their prenup a few mm-hmm. years ago and it was something about 10 years and two babies or something and almost like clockwork Funny ashley that. is out well, good on ashley fucking good okay i'll rewatch. i'll start watching again stick with it all right you can't sleep on potomac is the the cry heard around the world when we were doing our little walkie talkie updates to each other for our last episode i I had the feeling maybe two or three messages deep that all I was doing while I was in isolation was just listing things that I had watched (laughs) because that has been such a big part of my life recently, obviously. And we were just talking housewives and Beverly Hills has been, you know, Thursday night is Beverly Hills night for me. Um, Hang on. Is it actually back or is it just the reunions? Because I'm so behind. Oh my God. Beverly Hills new season. Oh my God. No, really? I didn't know. Oh my God. We're three or four episodes deep in a new season of Beverly Hills. Oh my God. Are they in your housewives? Yes. Diana Jenkins. Oh my God. Okay. All right. In classic Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fashion, they are each episode relitigating mm. conversations from last season. Oh, oh, wow. You said you felt um, victimized when Sutton walked in on you dressing. You can't tell me how to feel. Rinna, you didn't buy a ticket to the Elton John charity dinner. You didn't realize you were wearing non-waterproof mascara. Yeah. <laughs> you said this on Watch It's a lot of, you said this on Watch What Happens Live and you tweeted this in response and now we're going to talk about it. Oh, it's a little bit. Snake eating its tail, yeah. There has been no Kathy Hilton. <gasps> yeah. No, I love Kathy. I know she's not a great person. Allegedly, allegedly, there are some rumors about Kathy's off screen behavior that perhaps has led to I don't know if we'll see it play out on screen. I believe there were some legal papers served, is oh. the rumor going around after she was uh, you know, saying saying some things that were maybe racist or maybe homophobic. Oh and no. Maybe both oh, in the same night. Oh, um, Kathy. The thing that I read on Instagram today said that the cast and possibly Bravo got served with papers so that it's oh. not <laughs> okay, all mentioned. Right. Anyway, we're gonna see some Kathy at some point this season because a flashback maybe Maurizio has already commented on Paris's wedding invitation we're <laughs> <laughs> gonna see something mm-hmm. but yeah so Beverly Hills is one of my week to week uh you know must watch at the moment a- along with Barry on Monday I love nights. Barry but I have not 
seen the latest season yet. There are too many new shows to watch. I cannot keep up anymore. There are truly too many new shows. Like, why are they all out now? I think it's very rude. Was there a backlog? Because of no, I guess not. And I feel like the release the release schedule has gone very much back to a a classic TV release of every week we're going to give you half an hour of entertainment. You're going to fucking Gobble it up, <laughs> turkeys. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. Hacks is doing something that I really love in releasing two episodes a week. And so okay. you're, you're feeling the momentum of the season moving at a really nice pace without binging the whole thing in one hit or like waiting, you know, a week between 20 minute drops. Okay. I, yeah. I am yet to tackle Hacks as well. Mm-hmm. I'm yet to fully tackle Girls 5 Ever. I'm at least in the first episode. It, the episode goes for like 26 minutes. It took uh, my friend Samuel and I about, I don't know, two hours to watch it because we rewound every joke and laughed again. So I cannot wait to get back into that one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's like Hacks, Barry, Girls 5 Ever. I didn't stick with Shining Girls. Did you? Did you start? I didn't even start. It was like at the top of my list for everything I wanted to remember to watch during my COVID ISO, but I didn't even start it. Although I did see another ad for it today and I was like, it does look like it's right up my alley. Mm. The Staircase is one that has really sunk its little owl talons into me. Is The Staircase the jinx? The Staircase is kind of jinxy. Not you, but the jinxy in that. Is it the same story? Oh, no. Oh. I used to be a listener of like you know, a My Favourite Murder, and I fell off pretty early. You were a murderino? To stop. <laughs> um, you know, don't get murdered, a cool catchphrase for <laughs> women in the world. I used to listen to that podcast, and they would often refer to The Staircase as I wasn't clear if it was a show, if it was a case, if it was a movie, if it was just kind of like a famous crime that, like, people who were into true crime we're into turns out it's kind of all of the above Mm -hmm. um so i'm only watching the fictionalized show that stars colin firth as the guy who went to jail for murdering his wife played by tony fucking collette they was that a good fucking in there yeah okay okay. oh my god tony although as the series goes on one thing that this dramatization does is each time a new theory is put forward like there's a theory that she fell and it was an accident. There's a theory that he killed her. There's a theory that she was attacked in the yard by an owl, ran in, slipped on the stairs and then died because she had these lacerations to her scalp, but no trauma to her skull. So they were like, what could have cut her scalp? There was a feather found at the crime scene. Could be a Twin Peaks crossover. It was honestly not. (laughs) Honestly, I'd heard whispers of owl theory for a long time, Mm -hmm. read the staircase. I never really knew what it was. I never bothered to Google. I think maybe I believe Al theory. Anyway. I don't know this Al theory, but I only know Al Twin Peaks theory. And I'm not super familiar with, I watched Twin Peaks once years and years ago and couldn't make it through the second season. I should try again. I was like a teen. I was 18. Anyway. I watched it when I was 11. It should be prime Twin Peaks time, actually, as I say that. It really is. It's the right time of year for it. Um, Juliette Binoche is in it and plays the French film editor who, while editing the documentary that was filmed as they were going through the, like, preparing for the trial and then the trial itself, which became the famous French film The Staircase, made by French people about this American family, she was the woman who was editing it and was so compelled by the case and believed so deeply in his innocence that they are married now. Like they, they got together while he was in prison. She started writing letters, move from Paris to like, where are the Sidaris's from? North North Carolina. Carolina. It's a fucking fascinating case. Okay. Um, the casting is incredible. Parker Posey and Parker Posey's in it. Parker Posey plays the assistant DA. I think is her All right. title. Who's, I'll watch it. Who's then. trying to convict him? He's like, "You killed your wife." Oh my god! But she's only in it for like a chunk of episodes, and yeah. then it follows after the case. Anyway, and then the lawyer defending Colin Firth's character is um fucking what's his name? He was in like four Oscar movies that one year. He was in The Shape of Water. He played the dad in Call Me By Your Name. He 
you know the one? He's really handsome. I love him. Like character actor. He's in that really great Coen Brothers movie. Michael. Yes, yes, yes. The, Michael. Where he wears the thick frame glasses in the Coen Brothers Stun. movie. Michael. 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 Studded? No, that's Ruben Studded oh, from American it's, Idol. So close. It's something like that. Stolberg. Michael Stolberg. We got there. Thank Christ. Um, he I love him. Yes. Yeah, so he was not like, enough to know his name. <laughs> hey, we pulled it out. <laughs> Team effort. Anyway, yeah, the staircase is another one of my Thursday night treats. Kardashians. Okay. Staircase. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay. All right. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Look, I'm very behind on TV. You're very at the, you know, you're very up up with everything and I, it makes me feel a little scared. Um, but on the flight home, mm-hmm. I watched A, The Lost City, which was an excellent film. Oh, is that Sandra Bullock? And Shannon Tatum, Tatum. And Brad Pitt. And it is a Brad goddamn. Brad Pitt is in that movie? I mean, I had maybe taken a little something to ease myself into sleep, some but retinol. <laughs> I took some retinol. I thought it was like a perfect movie. It was so funny. Oh my god! Can I stream this yet? I want to watch it. T- I, I saw hope it so. It's in like the, it's like an absolutely dumb film where Sandra Bullock plays a romance writer, but actually she's a total nerd. Never made a bad career move. I'm trying to think of one. No, I think you're right. The Heat, perfect movie. Oh, absolutely perfect. While you were sleeping, creepy premise, perfect movie. Okay, I didn't see the one that she won the Oscar for. Was that The Blind Side? Yeah, I never saw it. Look, it's White Savior. It's like, you know, you look up White Savior in the dictionary, you get a photo of her being like, you're going to go out there and play football. Oh, God. But it's based on a true story. She didn't write it. She's just in it. Maybe she she did. I don't know. Um, So she plays this romance novelist who writes... These books about like lost cities, and this one's called the Lost City of D. Oh my god! And wow, <laughs> I know. On the cover of each one of her books is the same man in like a Fabio style, mm-hmm. and the man is Channing Tatum with a like flowing blonde wig, uh-huh. and. He has like a bit of a crush on Sandra Bullock, but she's getting over her like lost love. Uh-huh. It also co-stars Patty Harrison. She gets all the best lines in the film. Of course. I have an image in my head of you with your headphones on on the plane with like a glass of red wine in your hand, just laughing. Just oh my God, I was cackling. laughing so much. <laughs> Another gin and tonic, please. Yeah, I was cackling. It was so good. Five stars. I also watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind uh-huh. for some unknown reason. Which I have never seen. Oh, it's a really good film. I think I confused it in my head with Alien. I mean, you know, same diff. That film is so great and I really enjoyed re-watching that film on a plane, weirdly. And then I got home and I was like, I can't watch anything for like at least four weeks. I cannot do any extracurricular watching but then maybe because of that, I decided to start watching Stranger Things. Okay. Really late at night. Okay. Are you one of these uh, Gen Zs who's just discovered Kate Bush because they watch Stranger Things? <laughs> no, I discovered Kate Bush because of The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. Um, Still good. <laughs> uh, um, 
Yeah, look, I, I couldn't help myself because it's one of the, it's like the only one of the shows that has dropped, there might be a spoiler within it. If yeah. there's a spoiler in Hacks, there's a spoiler in Hacks, I can deal with it. Or yeah, even yeah. with Barry. Yeah. But with this, it's enjoyable. You, you're not into it. So I watched season one of Stranger Things. I think after the hype was kind of fading. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, re- I remember enjoying it. But I also remember being like, uh, it's like precocious kids in costumes. I found it genuinely really scary. And I found watching Winona Ryder being so sad, really stressful in the same way that I find watching her in Black Swan extremely stressful. But yeah, I just never felt compelled to keep watching Stranger Things season two. What happened in two and three? Was the the Demogorgon and Eleven swaffles and all of that like is that still Eleven's lost her powers still into waffles so just a normal kid yeah just and now being bullied is the whole kind of thing of this Uh season I don't know I've really stuck with this damn show those goddamn Duffer brothers they keep reeling me back (laughs) in silly Duffers silly Duffers Um, and Lily Allen's husband exactly yeah so funny David Harbour who plays Hopper yeah, is married to Lily Allen. Kind of a psycho celebrity couple that I love. It is wild. <laughs> yeah. Another psycho celebrity couple that has something to do with this show yeah. is Maya Hawke is in it. She joined last season uh-huh. or maybe season before. She's a goddamn perfect angel. I love Maya Hawke This is Ethan so and Uma's daughter. Yes, Ethan and Uma's daughter. Perfect. Playing a lesbian. What? Yes. Great. In the 80s. Great. We love that. Love that. So she's very good. But this season is like the last season. It's being, well, so they say, and it's oh, okay. being released in two different sections. So it's okay. like part one, part two. I think the next section. Just so we can get Millie Bobby Brown on more talk shows. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. But this one is way gorier than I think it ever has been before. And I don't mm. know if it's like the gore has escalated with the age of the children in it uh-huh. or I don't know, but it's like it's bordering on too much. Those kids must be big now because like they are. Finn Wolfhard is He's distracting to look at. He's, He's like Chalamet level of fans around yeah i was about to say fans around the world like people at people are chalamet levels of obsessed with him yeah he just looks like he's walked off a ck1 commercial you know which is hard to be like you're a nerd in the 80s in a small town it's like like, this kid would have been discovered by now oh yeah if he was walking through like the mall where actually most people in the last season died he would have been scouted as a model yeah yeah he would have been like taken out of the action Okay, something for the hog hive and the hog heads with Stranger uh, Things. Present. <laughs> is that Jonathan, who plays Winona Ryder's oldest son in it. Okay. British actor Charlie Heaton. He played Jim Dagger in The Souvenir Part 2. Oh, my God. Was he the guy who who was in the film version Playing yeah, he's the, like the playing the boyfriend. Yeah, a little a little oh a little boyfriend character cameo. He was so hot. So there we go. Anyway, just want to say we can always bring things back to Joanna Hogg. Always. Always. Never fucking doubt us. But there's one thing about Stranger <laughs> Things that I'm not vibing on and you brought it up with the Kate Bush song. Uh-huh. Is that the whole show has seems to have become like a jukebox TV show and I feel like there are so many of these series that just rely on their soundtracks. And like the, the Kate Bush moment in Stranger Things, uh, no spoilers, is actually really good. Okay. But I, uh, there are so many of these shows that rely on like hit. Is the show set in 1984? It's 100% hits, like yeah. volume, whatever. Is there a hot girl in the late 80s? You better be blasting Pour Some Sugar on me. Totally. Yeah. It's exactly that. It's really getting to my enjoyment of mm. television. It's mm-hmm. just like really on the nose. Yellow Jackets had that, even though yeah. it was all from the same era and the songs were mostly very good, but they were, they were like era accurate, but it didn't yeah. keep it from being like, it was the most popular song yeah. from every era. It was like, it was like a so fresh hits of 1994, totally so fresh, you know, exactly. it wasn't like, um, you know what I always think of in the late 90s is that song that was like, 
um, flagpole sitter. Oh my god, flagpole like play sitter. fucking flagpole sitter so I know it's the Henry 90s. Danger. Yeah, <laughs> don't play Smells Like Teen Spirit. Totally, you obvious bitch. In Stranger Things, it's like, is there a killer on the loose? Better play Psycho, Psycho Killer. killer. <laughs> <laughs> Just like come on. Yeah. And I felt that way about Handmaid's Tale. Increasingly, it was mm-hmm. like there are just these extreme needle drop moments. I love a needle drop moment, but this is not fun. Yeah. The one show that I've seen that does it really well so far musically has been actually Minx was pretty good. Minx was Ending great. Ending on a Judy Sill song, beautiful, gorgeous, thank you very much. Yeah. Didn't expect it. Loved it. But like Russian Doll, and it's mm. because Natasha Leon had a pause on it. Yeah. Because it was, and even when it's said in the present day, the music is still tied to like the history of a person's life. It's not just, yeah, what's on top 40 radio. Like I want to be in this vague era. Totally. Yeah. Like I don't use Shazam anymore. I don't know that it exists, but like I want to be Shazamming television. I don't want to be like, oh yes, this very famous song. I mean, dare we say we want it to be like the souvenir and souvenir part two. The way, the way those films were soundtracked. This idea of like movies and shows that are so obvious and saying this is what time or era it is always reminds me of boyhood <laughs> oh, yeah. and the moment where like the kid in boyhood has his really awkward like adolescent facial hair and you should just hear somebody that I used to know <laughs> blasting <laughs> in the background of like a pool hall or something I have a very clear memory of seeing that in the cinema at MIF years ago uh, and everyone laughing because we were like oh no we just came out of <laughs> like you can tell it's I almost can't. present I can't. day I can't. Yeah. oh hey one song that I think you will enjoy mm. in um, a film that I saw at Cannes was the new Kelly Rycup film showing up. Queen. Gorge. And it features an Amel and the Sniffers song. Stop. Which one? I don't know, but well, it any, does. Any is great. Kelly, Kelly Rycup listening to Amel and the Sniffers. It's wow. very cool. Wow. Yeah. Time now for also also's. God, I've missed this. <laughs> Same. I want to know what you are recommending. What is your first one? Okay. I promise I'm going to stop talking about the week that I had the coronavirus uh-huh. soon. But my first one is an eat also. If you're in Melbourne, go to Hero. It's at Federation Square slash Acme. I think it's a part of Acme. It's in Fed Square. It was the last dinner I had out the last night that I was out before I realized I had the coronavirus. And it was one of the, it's not just that. It's not just the the nostalgia of, God, remember before I was sick, <laughs> that, that nice dinner I had. It was truly one of those restaurant experiences where you just feel like you've been to a restaurant in a movie. The food is really exceptional. The service was phenomenal. I went home and I wrote a freaking Google review. Oh my God. Five-star Google review shouting out the menu items I got, the staff, what they did, the vibe of the thing. It was so, it was such a nice night that I went and wrote a Google review. That's all I'm going to say. That is cool. Despite what this podcast and this section of the podcast specifically might suggest, I'm not like a big reviewer of things. No, I know, I know you not to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's my first one. Hero. I've Um, only ever been there for a cocktail, but I'll go back for dinner. Let's go for dinner. I think we should. Yeah. All right. My first one is a lug also. (laughs) It's July luggage. Oh, it's a Melbourne based luggage brand. It's a really kind of considered form of luggage. Did you customize? I didn't customize. I didn't have the time. God damn it. It's kind of, it's like, it's up there in the expenses. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But completely and utterly worth it. I have wanted to get like hard, hard luggage for a while. Mm. And I tried it out with, I got a checked luggage when I went to Berlin. And then I recently got a carry-on as well to match in an ocean blue. So cute. But it's really, really good. Mm. I know it's weird to be talking about luggage, but it just, it's so good. The wheels are so good. (laughs) And like, you know, the little... Hold the little the handle. The handle that you pull up, it actually works. Can you tell it me works. about the inside? Because I've seen one of the things I love to watch on YouTube is like pack a suitcase I videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen some of these trendy like hard shell case luggage where people put in their stuff, and then there's kind of like a 
a little board that lays mm-hmm. flat and like compacts everything down and squeezes the air out. Yep. So one side of this, at least for the checked luggage, at least one side of this has like a zipped section. So you put all your like softy little things in there. Yeah. And then the other side has that compacting board uh, uh-huh. and it's, and it, the compacting board also has a zip in it. So you can like shove things uh, in that, that way. Uh-huh. And it's got a lock. I just, it's really, really good. This is actually a great wreck for me because at the start of this year, when I, before I made my intense spreadsheet about all the things I wanted to do more and less of this year, I wrote a little list in my phone and the first one was learn to pack light. And I really want to test myself by going on a trip with just a carry on. But to do that, I need a good carry on. Well, this is really good. The carry on one, which I also have, because it has an extra phone battery that you can eject from it and use it as like a USB charger. Yeah, It's very good. And I use a combination of those and Muji um, packing cubes. I love a packing cube. I've got it down to a fine art. Oh my God. I never, I never understood the appeal and now cannot live without. I've got to read also, it's a new publication that's just come out from a, an editor and an art director in Melbourne, both named Sasha. And they, I believe met while working at the design files and they made this magazine called Tart and it's kind of tagline is food with feelings. It's this really beautiful object. It's sitting on my coffee table right now and It's also like has wonderful interviews and essays and playlists and so many recipes. And one of those essays is written by me. Oh, yeah. So it's the debut issue of a new magazine, Tart. I think on Instagram, they're tart.magazine. Order a copy. I really genuinely like I like most things that I write for. I want to own a copy just for my own kind of archive. Mm -hmm. Um, But I genuinely sat down and read it cover to cover scanned the QR codes to open the playlists. It's a really beautiful way to spend an afternoon. Oh, cool. I can't wait to read that. Yeah. I've also got to read also, um, it's the Metrograph Journal. So Metrograph is a cinema in New York City. They show really excellent films, great programmers there, but they also have a journal attached to the cinema and you can read it whether or not you're going to the cinema or not. Recent essays and pieces are on both Cookie Mueller and Eminem, you know. There are, like, great Q&As as well. There was a recent one with Terry Zweigoff and Peter Bogdanovich and the artist Alexandria Smith had some selections as well. It's just kind of a nice thing to just, like, keep up with, mm. I guess, that it's not, like, if you're not living in New York, it's not advertising for you. It's yeah. just, like, interesting information. My last one is a skin also... I started dry brushing mm-hmm. and I'm using the goop dry brush. Oh my God. BL. Which you can buy from Mecca in Australia. Um, look, I heard it was good. I've been curious about dry brushing for years. And I always told myself like, when are you ever going to do that? You go into the bathroom, you take your clothes off, you jump in the shower and then you are done. That's not really, that's not really true. I spend a minute waiting for the water to warm up. And in that time, dry brushing takes like, 40 seconds and the whole purpose of it is to help your circulation you brush in the direction of your heart so your legs you kind of brush upwards my arms I brush from my wrist to my shoulder but my circulation has been bad the last few years from I think just like moving less and being in endless lockdowns Um, and so coming into winter it's this thing that's supposed to help circulation and help with like dry skin. It's like an exfoliant. So you do it before you jump in the shower. I thought I wasn't going to keep up with it. I find myself doing it almost every night. I've got to buy also. Remember how of like a couple of months ago I was at the wedding in Sydney and I had this incredible, terrible eye problem. Oh yeah. Like my eye would not stop weeping. You looked over emotional. Yeah, through a ceremony, which is fine. And I couldn't work out if it was like, my eyeliner, which was Chanel, or like my mascara, which was MAC. Anyway, before I went away, I went to the Mecca in Carlton on Ligon Street. and A great Mecca. It's a very good Mecca. And I walked in and I told this one person working there, like, my issues. And she was like, oh, my God, I have the exact same problem. And she put me onto um, an hourglass mascara and an hourglass liquid eyeliner. And I've Uh used hourglass 
lipsticks a lot before. Mm-hmm. Some you really got to exfoliate your lips before you wear them. I gotta say, a real matte situation. Yeah, but this liquid eyeliner and mascara is like a great combo. I've got to say though, the name of the mascara is like extreme. It's like caution, extreme lash <laughs> mascara, and I laugh every time I put it I have on. I've tried that one. So it's like <laughs> caution. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. They all have like um, danger or like porny <laughs> it's names. It's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah, the lipstick I wear is like I desire. Oh my it's god. It's gross. It's gross. It's not like hard candy cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Where I used to wear like pavement nail polish my entire in the 90s, but anyway. It's not that. It's not that. Well, thanks for listening to See Also. Uh, we would love it if you liked this episode and the others to leave us a review. Give us five stars, you know, that kind of thing. You can share the podcast or chat to us on Instagram at See Also Podcast. I wanted to do a quick plug for a panel I'm going to be hosting in a couple of months. It's with freaking Melina Marquetta, author of Looking for Ella Brandy, my favorite book and film of all time, and the playwright Vidya Rajan who has worked with director Stephen Nicolazzo on an upcoming adaptation of it that is opening at the Malthouse Theatre in Melbourne. So the panel that I'm hosting is called Adapting Ella Brandy and it's on the 18th of July from 6.30. It goes for an hour. It's at the Malthouse. And if you love the film as much as I do, come along and watch me freak the heck out with uh, my icon of my life, Melina Marquetta. <laughs> And as always, thank you to Samuel Hodge for our beautiful artwork and Harvey Sutherland for our original theme music. And Harvey Sutherland will be playing at Rising Festival just around the time of this podcast dropping. Tonight. Tonight. is the last show. I don't know that you can get tickets. Sorry. I don't know that you can get tickets, but we'll be there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.